Do you have something to say? Do you believe that everybody should be enabled, encouraged and empowered to tell their story? Speaking is power. As it's said, if you can speak well, you can influence. And if you can influence, you can change lives, your own and others. Welcome to the Let's Stand podcast, speaking up about speaking out. My name is Siobhan Fitzgerald and it's a pleasure to connect with you today. Today I'm going to react to a keynote speech delivered by a nine-year-old child, Dalton Sherman, to teachers and school staffs of the Dallas, Texas School District back in 2008. This speech was actually one of the first speeches I watched of a child engaged in public speaking. It reinforced for me the potential in our children, some of which I believe is still untapped. I remember showing this particular speech to a group of teachers and asking them afterwards, do you believe that your students could do that? There was considerable hesitation and and some said, "Mm, maybe, not sure. One interesting response was, well, that's a child in America. I then show the same speech to a group of nine, 10 and 11 year olds and asked the same question. Without hesitation, the majority reply was, of course. What I plan to do today is to listen to Dalton's speech in segments, pausing every so often. It is a speech that really should be viewed and listened to because there are so many fantastic nonverbal communication skills that he uses that really could help to explain those particular skills to other children. As this is a podcast, you'll hear his presentation and I'll comment on what I'm seeing and hearing. So when you're looking at it on YouTube with your students, you can evaluate it and talk about it together. So here we go. Dream anything? Become 
anything. Because you believe in me. And it rubs off on me. Okay. So in this part, when Dalton comes onto the stage first, he really, really takes in the whole audience, the whole experience. He laps up the applause and the attention, which is wonderful. And you see clearly just how much he is enjoying it. He has a fantastic opening. I believe in me. Do you believe in me? Powerful and so clear. Something for the audience to think about immediately. He really engages the audience from the beginning with that rhetorical question. Do you believe in me? He knows who his audience is. And not only that, but when you're watching it, you can see that he knows where his audience is. He's done his preparation, no doubt. Obviously, there are educators in the audience from different parts of the Dallas, Texas school district with different schools, I imagine, seated at different corners, different points around the stage. The stage is in the center with the audience all around him. He's walking the stage, moving across the stage, using open, energetic hand gestures and smiling, engaging facial expressions. He looks and feels so comfortable up there. He uses very exaggerated hand gestures here at times, and they have to be big and exaggerated because he's speaking to an audience of approximately 20,000 people. When he says, I can't hear you, for example, he puts his hand behind his ear. When he says, I can dream anything, he puts his hands to his head to show that he's dreaming and makes even bigger, wider, more open and expansive hand gestures to emphasize that he can become anything. So that adds extra impact. He used pause extremely well with a long pause before he answered his own question to allow the significance of everything he'd said before to sink in. Because you believed in me and it rubs off on me. Question. Every word is crystal clear. Do you believe in my classmates? He has put his hand on his heart here for do you believe in my classmates? And that simple gesture itself communicates without him having to say it in his words that his classmates are very important to him and close to him close to his heart. Do you believe that every single one of us can graduate ready for college or the workplace? You matter because next week we're all showing up in your schools. Oh, 
he's delivered some humor there and he knows it. He's doing it so deliberately, so well. He's using hand gestures and facial expressions and he's including and involving the whole audience, moving around the stage, pointing to groups in one direction, then moving along and pointing to groups in another direction in different parts of the audience. There's absolutely no chance of anybody not paying attention to him. His long pauses also allow the audience time and space to react to everything he's saying. And boy, are they reacting. Now remember, he's only nine years old, but he's obviously done his research. He knows his figures with 157,000 students showing up in schools across the Dallas, Texas district. No matter where we come from, whether it's sunny South Dallas, He's using hand gestures here again as he moves across the stage and you'll notice his vocal variety as well. His voice is very loud because I'd say he's very aware of the size of the venue. It's huge and he's really projecting his voice. While projecting his voice, he does a fantastic job of varying the tone and the pitch. And you can hear that as it goes up and down and is kind of lilting at times. He also made an action there, uh, a kind of a gesture, and I'm not sure what it meant, but I think it had some relevance to the area, the geographical area he was talking about. He got a great reaction from the audience anyway. No, you better not. Because as you know, in some cases, you're all we've got. Oh right there. He delivers a line I think would touch anybody's heart because you're all we've got. That's definitely very touching. It pulls on the heartstrings. It connects. And the way he pauses, deliberately lowers the tone of his voice, lowers the volume a little. This is a very good tactic because you don't have to be very loud all the time. Sometimes if you lower your volume, it draws the audience in, makes them sit up and listen that little more carefully, conveying the message, this is really important, really, really important. Listen up. Notably, his facial expression here changes also 
to a more serious one. You're the ones who feed us, who wipe our tears, who hold our hands, or hug us when we need it. You're the ones who love us when sometimes it feels like no one else does. I'm sure you heard the change in pitch and tone again there and the repetition of you're the ones, you're the ones. He's appealing to the goodness, the kind acts, the desire in the audience to do good by their students and make a difference. Give up on my classmates. Do you believe in your colleagues? So he's gone from do you believe in me to do you believe in my classmates to do you believe in your colleagues? He's really covering the whole spectrum of education here. Believe in them, trust them, lean on them. Great use of the power of three here. Three short, snappy phrases, powerful and memorable. He's also appealing to that need in the audience, a desire that teachers across the world share to make a difference. He's figured out how to work his audience, and that's really important. <laughs> we all know three kids can sometimes make it tough. Just by giving that little laugh there before he delivered that last line, he's almost flagging for us that what's coming next is a little bit funny. Am I right? Can I get an amen? He's really working the stage here, interacting amazingly with his audience. And it is actually He's almost running at one stage from one side to the other. So whether you're a counselor or a librarian, a teacher assistant, or work in the front office, whether you serve up meals in the cafeteria, my favorite, or help keep the halls clean, teacher or principal we need you please believe in your colleagues and they'll believe in you here he managed to include everybody who possibly works in the school he's made a deliberate effort not to leave anyone out do you believe in yourself you're doing is shaping not just my generation but that of my children and my children's children there's probably easier ways to make a living but i 
want to tell you on behalf of all the students in Dallas. We need you. We need you now more than ever. Believe in yourself. Finally, do you believe that every child in Dallas needs to be ready for college or the workplace? Now he's built up to this. He's challenging the audience with another question. When he says finally as well, we know he's coming to his conclusion. Do you believe that Dallas students can achieve? We need you, ladies and gentlemen. We need you to know that what you're doing is the most important job in the city today. We need you. Repeat it again for impact. And he has his fist clenched again to add emphasis, to reinforce just how important this work is. That's the power of hand gestures right there, communicating and emphasizing the message of his words. We need you to believe in us, in your colleagues, in yourselves, and in our goals. If you don't believe, well, I'm not going there. We hear the tone drop again. He does a quick summary there of what he needs the audience to believe in, in themselves, in their colleagues, in the, the children, and in the children's goals and potential. I want to thank you for what you do for me and for so many others. He's dropped the tone of his voice here again. This conveys sincerity. He's got very serious and sincere all of a sudden to thank the audience, to thank the teachers, to thank the school staff. audience are on their feet. What a fantastic way to end a speech. He's truly roused his audience with you've helped me get where I am today. He's made them feel special and important. As Maya Angelou said, people may forget what you say, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Can you just imagine that sense of pride for those school staff there present, the sense of achievement, the sense of purpose, their sense of awe for what they see unfold in front of them. Remember, again, this is a nine-year-old boy powerfully delivering a very important message to school staff in the Dallas, Texas district about how important their belief in themselves, their colleagues, their students, and their students' potential is. Whew, there's so much in this video that children could comment on. They could also be prompted to look out for certain features of either the content or the delivery or both. 
For example, in terms of content, there's the structure, the use of groups of three, the repetition. What do you think is the most important message of what he said? Delivery and nonverbal communication, the use of hand gestures, body language, facial expressions and pause. They could be asked to comment on the audience's reaction at different times. There was plenty of that. What exactly got the biggest reaction from the audience? How do you think he made the audience feel? How did he achieve that? Did you notice he tied the end of the speech back directly and explicitly to the beginning with exactly the same lines, bringing the speech full circle? I believe in me. Do you believe in me? Very clear, simple language, but a powerful message. We don't need to have elaborate language to convey a strong message. And I think this speech shows that. He had appropriate vocabulary for his age, but nothing really that was beyond his years. This speech was written for Dalton, but it's very obvious that he was comfortable with its content. When we scaffold children in constructing their own speeches, we may intentionally suggest vocabulary or phrases that may be new to them to bring on their vocabulary. But when these are explained to them and practiced, they can become embedded in their vocabulary banks. Very often our words become theirs. That's not to say that they don't have an active part to play in constructing their speeches, but depending on the age and ability of the children, they may do it independently or with support from peers, their teacher or a parent. There was nothing in the speech that was way beyond Dalton's years, but the whole style of delivery, the power of the delivery, the sincerity in his presentation. And also as a child, what is lovely to see is that sense of mischief, the fun, he played with the audience. He played with their emotions. He wanted them to, he wanted to make them laugh at times and they did. He also wanted them to know how important they are. And he wanted them also to enjoy his presentation, to laugh, to capture the serious moments, to receive the key messages. He did all of this really, really well in many ways, and especially through the use of pause. So there are so many features in the speech <clears throat> that could be covered in a class with students. Another important message to pass on to students might be that this is Dalton Sherman's style of speaking. Well, this was his style of speaking as a nine-year-old and you don't have to copy him. Sure, you can learn from his speech, you can learn from his delivery, you can learn from his style, you can try out some of the aspects that you think worked really well for him and build them into your own style. It's really important for children from all different backgrounds, as Dalton himself mentioned, no matter where they come from, to have role models that they can look towards. And sometimes it might be most effective if that particular role model is just a few steps ahead of them so that they can feel that it's achievable for them too, that they too can do that. When I saw this speech myself for the first time, possibly about five years ago now, <clears throat> I was deeply inspired by it. And I knew 
that it could be used in so many different ways to motivate a, a class of students at least to consider could they perhaps present a speech like that? And also to see that public speaking is not just about formal presentations. It's not just about standing behind a podium. And most importantly, public speaking can be a lot of fun. Interestingly, Dalton, who is now a political science major in university, he still inspires to this day. He said in a recent interview that he was very nervous before that speech back in 2008, although you really couldn't tell. Nerves and fear are not the same thing. There are many strategies teachers can equip students with to manage nerves. This is a topic I'll be covering in a future episode. The adult Dalton also said that when you're on a stage in front of people, you want to be sure you don't waste that time. You don't waste their time. And also you take advantage of the opportunity to let someone hear your voice. He said, education will always be near and dear to him. And in line with his 2008 speech, he reiterated that when someone believes in students and their potential, that opens the door of possibilities to them. He is an example of that. Do you believe in your students, your child's potential? The Let's Stand programme trains young people from ages 5 to 18 in the skills of public speaking. If you'd like to find out more, check out www.letstand.ie or email letstandspeakout at gmail.com. Until next time, think about what is your story? Thank you for listening. Let's Stand speaking up about speaking out but I wonder what would happen if you say what you want to say